listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. As always, if you enjoy 90s, uh, we recommend heading to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribing at any level of $3 or more so you can get access to Garbage Time, which is a bonus episode that we record uh, for each and every episode, which means that there's two episodes of Garbage Time each and every month, uh, which is just more 90s content. Uh, all that in addition to uh, some of the extra perks that are on the website. Uh, on this episode, we talk about winterizing bees and murder hornets and the hunting of Bly Manor. We talk about the Happy Death Day series, 80s Mania, Wrestling Returns, the mobile game. Uh, we talk about the new AEW video game. We talk about Yakuza Like a Dragon. We talk about uh, the Ubisoft, um, I guess... Uh, crisis in Montreal or hoax I suppose uh, we talk about how why how and why Apple computers get slow and we talk about the passing of Alex Trebek all this and more on 90s Saturday somehow. Sure is. We're recording the nine to five entertainment system live from New York. Saturday. <laughs> it's Saturday night. Uh, it's what's weird. going on? It's weird. It's it's bizarre. Yeah. The family's all up and running around the house and Is Archer like, Daddy, what's a podcast? He's like, well, who are you talking to? I'm like, Oh, Uncle Keith, Uncle John. Oh. I'm in Uncle. And he's like, who? Huh, we mean, haven't yeah. seen these people in years. <laughs> yeah. Remember people? We don't see them anymore. Uh, yeah. I see your kid dyed his hair the same color that I dyed it when I was uh, in college. Is that frosted tips? No, the midnight midnight blue, like uh-huh. the, the black where it's kind of blue when the light hits it. Yep. He's wanted <laughs> to for a little while and wrist made it happen. That's cool. He likes uh, it. Is his, listening to a lot of like The Cure I, guess. I mean, that's okay, man. Disintegration <laughs> is the greatest album of all time. Really? <laughs> it, no, it's a quote from uh, uh, South Park. Ah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know. And, and it's a Cartman quote on top of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been a quiet day. I cooked today. That's it. it was fine. Cool. Yeah. I've been doing the final steps of winterizing my bees. How do you winterize bees? Yeah, it's so tiny little jackets. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of knitting involved. No, no, no. You um, genetically you, manipulate them to, to grow fat. I actually have something called a bee cozy that's made out of out of plastic, and you like cozy up the outside of the hive. Mm-hmm. And we're putting up a wind block because it's on the roof, and we are. Um, there, there's like an insulating top that you put. And actually over the winter, humidity is a big problem, right? Because if they're all trapped in there, there's no airflow. Mm-hmm. Um, the the humidity will let mold and shit go, which is a real problem when the mold is, you know, the size of your fist. Mm-hmm. So the um, you got to you got to like put a different top on it to let air come out. Yep. And how so how does what you like what happens to them in nature? Like normally, do they just do they migrate? Do they just all die? Do like some? No. Of them well, they don't. They, they don't really survive very well in the wild in this climate, right? They're they're like a tropical breed of bee that okay. has has over the years been acclimatized to more northern areas. So they'll 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 survive a little bit north, but I'm pretty sure they can't actually survive in in without some sort of cover here. 
Like Fair. you think about what, like bees are like cows in the sense mm-hmm. that they have been bred for so long and domesticated for so long that they're they're probably not going to be capable of surviving on their own. Neat. Unless they're those murder hornets that are flying all the fuck over the place or um, really big ones. Yeah. yeah. Pacific Northwest. Yeah. That's still happening, right? They just found a a huge nest with 200 queens. Yeah, they killed it, and they're like, we're pretty sure none of the other queens got out. (laughs) I'm not Uh, sure if these are the same ones as the video that I saw, but I saw a video about murder hornets in Japan where mm -hmm. they're like the size of your thumb. Yeah, and they they like other bees to fight them off will swarm around the gigantic murder hornet and and wiggle to overheat it, and that's the only way that they can fight it off because otherwise the murder hornet just sits out there decapitating bees until I I guess there's no gets the hive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can kill. That video was awesome. It was thirteen hornets killed ten thousand bees. Yeah, it was awesome. Had super slow mo cameras and inside. Yeah, the yeah, awesome cameras. in the biblical sense of the word. You know, like, like <laughs> awe inspiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also like it, it was. It's really good because the system of a down does the whole soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> to, the, to the whole thing, and it's just like, <laughs> and it's like, and they do like they do the speed up, slow down, three hundred thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Move real fast and move really slow. They kind of so, did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this year, the a down thing was a joke, but then I was like, I do remember like the weird, like quick, like whoo, slow down, ah, tear the head off yeah. of a little bee. And you're like, this year, I had a day where I went up to check on the hive because we you do inspections every every two weeks, mm-hmm. and I go up and there's like, it's hard to tell when there's other bees attacking your hive. Okay. Because you think, so like, it's you just... You don't have little names for them? You're not just sort of like, hey, I don't know you. They also do, not... they don't have, like, red jackets and blue jackets, <laughs> you know, what team they're on, you know? It's just you're like, oh, no, there's a bunch of bees hanging out in front. But what I did notice was that there were hornets hanging around the outside of the of the hive, and they were grabbing bees that were on the ground and dragging them away and cutting their heads off. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were, they, were, they were smoking cigarettes and playing, like, craps. <laughs> Throwing <laughs> throwing dice in the alley behind the hive. Exactly. Like the clash. <laughs> so I see that these hornets are doing this thing, and then I sit down in front of the hive, and I look, and I see that there's bees hovering in front of the hive, facing towards the hive, right? Mm-hmm. So they, like, hover in front. And normally when a bee is coming back into the hive, they're coming back overloaded with, with pollen or whatever. So they're heavy. They fly down, and they swoop down, boop, and then sometimes they'll even bump into the, the landing strip because they're too heavy, and they misjudge their flight. So, like, if they're hovering in front facing your hive, what they're actually doing is they're looking into the slit that goes into the hive looking for a way to get in. Hmm. And if they're doing that, they're actually a foreign hive. So what was happening was another hive had come over and was attacking my hive trying to steal honey. And then the hornets were hanging around outside catching the injured bees from both sides and and munching on them. Sounds like some. That sounds like good. Good TV. Everything was topsy turvy. <laughs> you're, so, you're like, you're like, I'm not going to do anything about this. I'm just going to watch nature play well, out. Well, hell no. I spent an hour sitting out there on the roof, killing first the hornets. So like, whenever they would land, I would scooch them because I know the hornets are bad news for sure. And then I spent a really long time trying to figure out if I could identify a way to actually catch which bees are are hostile bees because I really would have sat there and killed off a bunch of them. Like I figure you kill like 15 or 20, they're going to know something's up and, and take off. But I couldn't do it, so I ended up. But you would do that in front of your other bees, and that scare the hell out of them. Yeah, well, it was like, a good lesson. 
Bees better work fucking hard. John's crazy. What, what was that game? Uh, the game where you play like a god, but like you have like this monster and you can black and be white. like black, black and white. white. There you go. Yeah, exactly. You were doing. You were playing like you were playing black and white, but like via bee. bees. <laughs> and you're like you're the, your your own avatar, being like ah, yeah, just smash some of the bees, but you kill some of yours, and you're like whatever. That's a pretty deep on. philosophical question, right there. Are we our own avatar? Oh, and, and if we're in the world of black and white. Yeah, I would be a big monkey if I was in in black and white. Ah, what would the, the I, monkey was definitely one of them. I, I really I, I played that game. I know you played a lot of it. Not at all. I couldn't get it working. Who did? Someone played a lot of it. Maybe at the trios. Chris maybe played it. Someone somewhere played a lot of black. Yeah, and white. exactly. I was like, I definitely played it, but I remember it being like on someone's computer for like hmm. a whole stretch. Maybe, maybe Ronan. Great. That sounds like a Ronan. Ronan was, was was it at the flower warehouse? Was that Sierra? No, it was at the treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely at the back of the treehouse. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rob Kaplow played a bunch of that game. I remember seeing it there. Hmm. He didn't live at the treehouse, though. Nope. <laughs> he lives in a fancy house in West Mount. A fancy house. That's yes. <laughs> the treehouse was not a fancy house in West Mount. Mm-hmm. So what else has been going on, you guys? Mm. Watch some scary movies. Some scary movies. I finished watching uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah, me too. I agree that I think it was episode five is probably the best episode. Where it like the the strangle ghost shows up for the first time and you're like, what the what? Or is that where they they kick into um, the time jumping memory shit? It's well, the one I think. Spoilers, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. Ruin it for me. Spoilers for Bly Manor. Uh, I think it was the episode, the episode where you deal with um, the the housekeeper. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then and then you you kind of get that like being trapped in your memory is is turning into a thing, and it's like mo- like whether or not you're a ghost, you can be trapped in memories. Yeah, I thought that was a really good twist on that that whole yeah. subplot. Yeah. What did you think about the double double cliffhanger on the same moment? Did you dig that? You don't see that in TV very often because there's like somebody gets caught by Strangle Ghost and then it ends the episode there on a cliffhanger and then it starts another episode and that's, yeah. that episode is, a, is like a like a <laughs> Explaining flashback. the Strangle Ghost. Exactly. So you yeah. get like – and then it ends with the Strangle Ghost catching the main character. Yeah, exactly. That's a, the, 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 the plot actually doesn't pro- progress. Yeah, over two episodes. I, 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 there's like parts of it that are magnificent and I, I thought it got a little lovey-dovey at the end. I could have used a little less of that but – well, yeah, I, I was going to say, so does get too lovey-dovey at the end. I didn't, uh, and I guess it, it's, I have the, have the same similar problems with it that I did with the first haunting, mm-hmm. which was just sort of like, ghosts are just misunderstood and sad. I was like, they can be evil. You can make them evil. They're like, no, no, no. They're sad. <laughs> no, man. Some of the ghosts were fucking straight up evil. The, the ones who realize that they're ghosts and are like, no, 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 we're taking over these children and we are going to fuck shit up. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So Peter. Yeah. Peter was the only one who was like evil. But even then he's like, I'm sorry at the end. He's like, I was, yeah. just, I was just sad. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I tried to essentially take over the body of a child. Yep. Yeah. Which I also was we're like, Sarah and I were just trying to figure out uh, the end game of that. It's like, okay, you're going to be brother and sister and lovers. Well, I was like, this is not okay. But they could live out the life of that body and maybe find someone else to hop to after, you know? 
Sure, but they were still going to be children. They were going to be in the bodies of children and be lovers. That was Look, man. That was, this is this is a 21st century. After fucking Game of Thrones, it's hot. I guess so. <laughs> but they, but they like the show did not really talk about that. But I was like, that is what's happening though. Oh like, yeah. That, yeah, that's the plan. Is that these two ghosts are in love? They want physical bodies, and they've convinced two children to like let them have their bodies. Do, do you think they're going to wait ten years to bang? <laughs> you know exactly. <laughs> it's all kinds of you're like no 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 no. no. <laughs> that's the real the real horror of the haunting of blind yeah, exactly. men. You were having sex as adults, you know, like a couple months ago, yeah. and now you're in the bodies of children and unattended. Uh, don't okay, think about okay. that. But uh, that stuff aside, I really dug the flashback episode to like the origin of the faceless ghosts and like what yeah. was going on there. I thought that was super cool. Um, I, I thought I thought they could have made the connection to the lake a little bit cooler. There was mm-hmm. like the lake kind of featured so heavily in the story, and it was just kind of like, oh, oh, she was chucked in there kind of at the end. Yeah. The, the other thing too that there was like uh, a weird like through line that they didn't really explore that I would have liked them to is that in both uh, in both like cases of sort of like tragedy with the current family and the black and white family, it was. Um, like someone falling in love with the sibling of the first mm. person they're supposed to be in love with. Yeah. Right. So they, like, and I was like, it was there, but then I was like, I felt that they didn't like tie it together enough. And I was like, Oh, this is like a thing. But then they were like, yeah, it's kind of not really. But Maybe I, was like, I wasn't but- paying attention. I didn't quite get the, the, the giggling man's, was that just a manifestation of his alcoholism or was there like some other aspect to that? His like dual personality thing. Cause he wasn't dead. Right. Right. But he still seemed to have like, like that, that was, I feel that he was like, got, still got haunted by it somehow. (laughs) You know what I mean? What? The house? I don't know. It didn't, didn't, didn't quite, didn't quite connect up. What what did you think of the, um, the glasses guy? You dig on him? Glasses. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Glasses ghost. Yeah. That was was also a weird, just sort of like, you're like, okay, now it's taken care of. <laughs> yeah. like, like it was just like this ever present like Dah! and then you're sort of like yeah just learn to let go but he wasn't again that was the other thing too that uh or, it is flawed and i think that the first haunting was better is uh, I, think I disagree i think this one was better but but i think they they're both they're both have good points and bad points but i kind of yeah. dug this one more but yeah but to your point about like weird laughing laughing kind of kind of ghost who uh-huh. is not actually a ghost who is just a manifestation of potentially grief and alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, and then also like glasses, man haunting in the mirror. Yeah. Are both like, are those things supernatural or? Are no, they just- I think, I think in the end that was kind of a twist was that she was not really haunted. That was just her, her like a, her psychological trauma of being there at her partner's murder. But what made it <laughs> so death. weird is that the experience with glasses, man was the exact same experience as when she was actually possessed by like faceless lady in the lake. So I was like, you've established that this character is having the exact same reaction and the exact same experience. Yeah. But one of them was supernatural and one of them wasn't. What a twist. <laughs> you know, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. You're like, like, like literally the, the lady in the lake is playing by the exact same roles as her ex-husband. Yeah. Like for like 10 years for love. And you're like, but that wasn't real. Okay. The, the final shot. What was the hand on the shoulder? Uh, I think it was the lady in the lake. <laughs> not, not her her girlfriend, the Daniel. Yeah, well, which is the new lady in the lake, right? Like right. they established that the lady in the lake is now Danny. And why did she sit there with the door open? 
I, I think that there has to be like uh, like a let me in kind of situation because it's me, it's you, it's us, or whatever. So right, I think there needs to be right, like a right. willingness to to participate, especially when it's Danny and it's not just sort of like this invasive lady like the OG. Yeah. So yeah. I, think that, I think that that's kind of the the indication is seems to be that she popped this at maybe like for me, especially when she's when she swam down and like could not be taken. Yeah, by the thing, um, but she does say the words underwater, right? So I think that yeah. she kind of now has some sort of a a possession deal with her lover, right? right? right. But, it, but it but it's significantly less, uh, I guess, invasive because it's like you know her lover and not just a a maniac. Yeah, <laughs> right? this is hot. This is another another twist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I like I liked it a lot. Uh, you don't get too much gothic horror these days, you know. This is a like a rare that pulls it off. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I it just I felt that I felt it was working at, at its best when it was about when the kids were terrifying, mm-hmm. and then that sort of stopped being what it was about for like the last three or four episodes. And I feel that it was like at its strongest when those kids like the kids were amazing. Yeah. Like like both, yeah, yeah. both both child actors were fantastic at a having like nuanced roles like in terms of like when they were possessed when they were not possessed for sure and like, for sure and, and like acting very grown up when they had to and then also sometimes like kids at some point I'm gonna go back through it again now realizing now understanding the whole story about them being possessed at different times you know and I yeah. wonder how how like well shot it is to to yeah. let that out you know or if they hit it I like the the when the boy throws himself out of the tree. Yeah, magnificent. Yeah, that that whole episode was great too. Yeah. He just keeps doing like crazier and crazier things. Yeah, he's just like I'm only sorry I wasn't more cruel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but and that that's the other and and that's the that and that's what I'm saying about like weird like like flaws and like kind of like sloppiness, right? Is that all of the stuff that he did in school had nothing to do with Peter, mm-hmm. and then it sort of like paints him as like. Oh, he's a perfectly beautiful little kid, and the bad stuff was Peter. But I was like, no, 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 man, he murdered up a bird in school. That no, was no, no, him. But he was doing that to get sent home. You know, there was 100%, that was I mean, him being like, "What do I do? That's crazy." Oh, I'll do the things that Peter would. Right, but I'm just saying, as a, as a normal human boy, yeah, think, I want to get sent home from school. Uh, is you can do like weird schemes like Gordon Corman's "I Want to Go Home," or. You can murder birds and then throw yourselves out of a tree. Look, this like, kid has grown up in a ghost haunted house. He's he's like bananas to begin with. You're asking for like like Gordon Corman level cleverness out of this kid. But but that's what I'm saying is that but like it was he doesn't get a free pass to get to be like oh and he's a good little child now that Peter's gone. I was like as I understand he wants to go home, mm-hmm. but the steps that he took to get home were insanity. Yeah, like you know, and and he kind of gets a free got a free pass from the rest of the show being like, no, no, no. When he was weird, it was Peter. And I was like, but it wasn't Peter at school. He was, he murdered a bird and threw it on the teacher's desk. And then also chucked himself out of a tree and also broke his friend's arm, (laughs) you know, like, you know, like a Kimura lock or whatever the hell I was like, yep. yep, yep. What else do we got? I liked it. Yeah. I I, I will say it's, it's worth watching. Uh, It just kind of, kind of petered out. And then the, and I feel that the original hunting also had that same thing. Of uh, I thought the last two episodes were crap of the of the original haunting. It got so fucking sappy. Yeah, and, and it gets 
And it gets all happy at the end. Like, God damn, come on, guys. You got to do better than that. Kind of did it by manner, too, though. Like, there's a, it's yes, mostly, a little it's mostly a warm and fuzzy ending. But which... but they don't go all the way warm and fuzzy. There's still some some darkness wrapped up in, on in there. I agree. Yeah. Would, would, would recommend. Yeah. Yep. yep. Scott, what are you watching? Uh, Riss and I watched Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. Do you agree with Keith that they were amazing? I'm so happy with them in a way that I didn't expect. Um, The first one was way better than the second one, but man, they were great. Like I really, really enjoyed a horror movie where the final girl for whatever, for want of a better way of putting it um, actually had a character evolution. You know, there, there was, there was the way she was, she met with conflict and she came out of it, a changed person and wasn't <laughs> just like a survivor. Like she had a full story arc in that, you know, gory slasher, amazing way. And, uh, I was like, man, that was really great. And then we watched the trailer for the second one. I was like, I don't know if I they can do that again. I was like, oh wait, no, they, <laughs> they got sure can. everyone. <laughs> But everyone came back. All of the actors came back. The director came back. They were mm-hmm. all there and set like, and that was really fun. Let's do it again right away. I, I don't know. I, I believe we touched on this last. No, you did a whole, a whole debrief. No, 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 but I think Scott was talking about it. And I think we talked about this on last episode uh, a little bit where I, where I said that I think that they should have leaned a little more into the gore. Like, I think that the, the, the weird kills should have been kind of more over the top. Um, also, yeah. I, did you know it was written by Scott Lobdell, the first one? Scott Lobdell. I don't know who that is. He so. wrote X-Men comics through the 90s, like a lot of them. Oh. Yeah, it was him and Fabian Nicenza, who were the two guys who wrote X-Men during the, the X-Men cartoon era. Oh. So they wrote a lot of the Team Gold, Team Blue X-Men I stuff. That. Um, so also, though, in terms of Happy Death Day, they don't really put a name on the on on the the murderer right so it's so inexplicably the mascot for the the, the sports team is just like a big baby so <laughs> <The> babies that's <laughs> so, the team mascot the babies yeah exactly that's it so they have these like these plastic like baby masks which also the killer wears and th- there's no name to it but like uh sarah and i like like you know there's like Leatherface and like and whatever else so we just named the killer shitty baby <laughs> So like when the killer comes in wearing this hood and like the cracked baby mask, we're like, look out, it's shitty baby. <laughs> sort of like imagine the newspapers and being like, shitty baby killer strikes again. <laughs> I I thought it was it was funny and horror. It was like walk that tremors line of being funny while being a horror movie, and that was great. It's totally right up my my alley for horror movies and. Hmm. We both had a great time watching it. I wish that the the second one leaned a little more into the slasher rather than her continually committing suicide to reset the day. Yeah. Like there wasn't enough. Uh, it was like more sci-fi than, than uh, horror. Did either of you guys, uh, speaking about time loop movies, uh, watch Palm Springs? Nope. Nope. I've never even heard of it. Wow. Okay, so... You should both watch it. Uh, it's uh, with Andy Samberg and uh, Kristen Malati. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, Peter Gallagher and J.K. Simmons. Um, <clears throat> the it's like it's a time loop movie where Andy Samberg is um, stuck in the loop of I want to say it's not, is it his ex girlfriend? No, it's not. No, no, no. Okay, yes, it's his girlfriend's sister's wedding. And that is his Groundhog Day loop. Uh-huh. So he's just like at a Palm Springs resort and he wakes up every morning and then just like has the same day. And he, and like, and it's, it's established like pretty early on in the film that like he's on like day 10,000 or something. When it begins. Like when the film begins. So he's yeah. already like this, 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 and like knows exactly like what to say, who to dance with, where to be, and like has the entire day. And he's like, whatever, man, it's just this is this is my life. <laughs> and then, and the film basically like uh, he accidentally pulls uh, Kristen Milati into it. So he's kind of like like a showing her the ropes of uh, being in a time loop, and then um, and then sort of like getting out to it. it. It's it's really funny. It's like. There's like a lot of like dark. Uh, kind of amazing moments. how this has become like a genre, you know. There's yeah, like we, Russian Doll also, and then yeah, yeah. yeah Happy Death I mean, Day. Every every TV show does one of those too, right? Like mm. yeah. Star Trek did the the one where they're playing poker. And yeah, and the thing blows up. Supernatural yeah. did one too, and like ever since Groundhog Day, everyone's been like. It's kind of it's kind of fun in this one where uh, like there's like a, where uh, Kristen Malati's like I'm gonna like they like it goes a little bit interesting in the way that like it's not just like magic like it, it is just like he's just like maybe we need to be good people and maybe we need to like do this or whatever and like Andy Samberg's like no man like I, I tried that he was like I was like the best person for like a year <laughs> <laughs> you know like every day I've done like gave everything gave all my money away made recompense with everyone I've ever wronged. Like, you know, like he's like, I did it. I tried it. He's like, that was one of the things I went to. So then she tries to, uh, like, uh, is just sort of like, okay, so it has to be like science. So I'm going to become like a, a theoretical physicist. And he's like, how? And she's like, we have forever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or it's just like, I will remember what I did yesterday, <laughs> you know? So it's like, Oh man, that was my favorite part of the sequel to happy death day. So it comes back and one of the cameo characters ends up in a loop and she's like, yeah. oh shit, I totally know what's going on. I'll fix this. And in trying to fix this, they fuck up mm-hmm. and she restarts her loop. Yeah. <laughs> and she wakes up in the morning again. And it's like, no fucking way. I'm back in the loop from the first movie. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like it's, it's another loop, but then like she gets back into the first movie's loop. <laughs> and like, she just walks through the quad again, because the the whole thing is she's doing her walk of shame every morning and just screams at someone. It's the best, like, frustrated, awful wail I've heard in a long time. It's a very (laughs) spirit animal for 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Just angry. I can only imagine... Like, imagine being stuck in a time loop, getting out of it, and then, like, circumstances leading you to be back into it. The level of frustration. The next <laughs> day. Don't you know the exit? For for her, yes. Yeah. But not why it was still happening again to that other guy. Right. So yeah. there's a mystery there. Like, the second movie is all kind of about what caused the time loop to happen in the first place. Yeah, and I, which I also remember kind of being a little less interested in. Like, it got more yeah, too yeah. much. It was totally less interesting. But it was skillfully done in that all of the 
um, like events that happened were still happening in the second movie. Yeah. And kind of explained like, why did the power go out suddenly at seven o'clock? And they show you that in the second movie and all of (laughs) these like weird background events that happened, they kind of went back into it and did it again. Kind of like back to the future too. Yeah. You know, where they ran through the, the, the prom again and you're just like, Oh shit, that's, that's happening behind the scenes. It Mm -hmm. It was for a dumb low budget horror movie. Is it tight enough that they wrote the first one knowing that that was what was going to happen? Or is it just like random shit that they... Different different screenwriter for the second one, but the screenwriter for the second one was the director of the first two movies. So it wasn't someone just out of nowhere said, let's let's make another movie and make a a cash grab. So it's someone who was still involved with it and was like, I like that a lot. Are these these movies correctly ranked, Scott? Do do you feel... Yeah, they're... They're, they're where they should be. I don't know. Do we have the second one ranked? I think, I think yeah, I think you put both of them at the same time. Yes. Which I is... ranked them both at 151. They're, they're fun. Like, our, our list is top-heavy because we don't watch too, too many bad movies, or if we do, we don't even want to yeah, It's like them. a little under-crushed groove. Yeah. I, mean, I might put it a little bit higher, but that's fine. I'm not insane enough to want a, a These guys are on Netflix, right? The first one is. First one is. Well, give me a chance. I'm, I'll watch it. We'll see. I'll see if I want to argue for it to go higher as well. Crush Groove. I mean, we. It was good times to think and talk about it, but I mean, oof, it was uh, a rough go. A rough <laughs> oh, you can. Oh, you can eat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked it more than Crush Groove. If I had to watch one again, I recommend one to someone. Mm-hmm. I probably. To be fair, I ranked the series right, and Happy Death Day I would probably put higher than Happy Death Day too, but as a series. I think mm. that they're kind of yeah, correctly. They're... Sure. Yeah. Again, the second one was fine and it was nice to get more. You know, when you you see yeah. something you like and you want I want something more. Mm-hmm. It delivered on that, but it wasn't the same, you know. Felt that way about the babysitter franchise. Fun. Babysitters like that too. If you if you're if you're in the mood for comedy, uh comedy horror, I know we talked about it previously, but which are also both on Netflix. Yeah. It's the same thing where the second one benefits from being more mm-hmm. but at the same time it's just more like so a lot of the the fun and originality of the first one was there what else is going on i, found I mean a new, i found a new mobile game that's been hysterical to me i've, I've loved it i've played it relentlessly for the last week mobile gaming yeah i mean i don't have an up-to-date gaming system and you know what it is? The PS5 mobile. is coming out at like 900 bucks again. It absolutely is not. It's like $500 for the digital one. Oh, yeah, the one that's got no... No disk drive. And disc everyone's drive. like, no, no disk drive. I was like, okay, so I've had a PS4 for almost since launch. And I've had six games out of well over 100 games that I have on the system that are on disk. Who cares about a disk drive? I guess so. I do. I mean, okay. To say who cares is maybe a a, a bit of a over is simplification but at the to save 150 dollars, you can have a very full gaming experience on a console these days by just downloading your games right but then you don't actually own them and then if you don't pay the 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 sony tax then you're not allowed to play those games no false yeah it's the only uh games that you get for free on playstation you have to play the sony task if you have them downloaded on the hard drive they're yours forever the hard drive which is 50 gigs of which eight of them are taken up by the operating system 
It's, PS5 hard drives are big, and you can also expand. No, they're not big. The g- games are, are gigantic these days. PlayStation 5 comes with a terabyte, right? Uh, okay, so, but how big uh, are the games? Yeah, like 50, 60 gigs probably. Dude, you're, that's going to run out super, super fast, and I really don't think that all of them are a terabyte. I remember reading a thing saying that half of them have even less than that. It's like the oh, 500 I think that, Well, the I, I think after OS and everything, they're saying it has about 600 gigs of okay. space, for, of space for your games, right? That's, but that means that so your OS and whatever is all... Yeah, which is teeny tiny. Anyway, back to your uh, your phone game, Scott. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> so I downloaded this game because I saw a commercial for it on some social media. Mm-hmm. Was actually... Cheap. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you got advertised to, and you fell for it. I did, and I'm happy I did. Keith, uh, John, this game will hold no interest for you whatsoever. You're the model, okay. of, you're the model of fear for John. You got <laughs> yeah. advertised to, and then you purchased the thing. <laughs> uh, it's called 80s Mania Wrestling Returns. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> it, it is a game where you play the role of a general manager of an 80s wrestling federation. Nice. And you have to plan shows and work out feuds and, you know, lead up to pay-per-views. Keep the marks and, interested. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, you get, like, even if you have, um, you know, five-star matches, it doesn't necessarily mean you make money because if they're characters that people aren't invested in, they don't, they don't pay to come to the show. So you can have, like, the Hulk Hogan guys wrestle shitty matches all the time if you need to make some money. Yeah. That, that that dude it, that uh, there's the there was the GM mode. Did I ever do it with you, or did I just play it with Ronan? There was one of the old games on PS2 had a GM mode, and it was like that too, where you yeah, could like me. you could book uh, like amazing matches. You're like it's gonna be like a ladder, hell in a cell, whatever else like that. But then it doesn't it doesn't like pop the ratings because you haven't built the feud around it. You yep. know, like well, I wanna I wanna lead into something else. So, anyways, this game is is hysterical. You make money with the money you hire more wrestlers. All of the wrestlers are not all of them, but like 80% of the wrestlers are parodies of other wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So like it's... Explain. Give me your favorite parody. My favorite parody? Uh, Jet Set Strutter, who uh, is the Ric Flair. Yeah, I was going to say. He's a, 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 someone who is, you know, like a, a jet jet flying, wheeling, dealing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who struts. Um, who struts. Uh, enormous Pierre. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they they have made it obviously with a love of the history of wrestling so like mm-hmm. uh the reptile wrangler and enormous pierre have a, f- a feud so if you know wrestling you can set those feuds up faster because you know that jake the snake and andre the giant had a feud mm-hmm. and it's mostly free to play i haven't put any money into it uh you can use money to accelerate your progress but mm-hmm. it's not pvp it's not competitive you just kind of click around and it's been delightful I kind of I like there's a, like, a lot. like the game that I think I play the most on uh, on phone is uh, called Dots Two Dots. There we go, and two you dots. just kind of connect. And I was like the and it's, it's the whole thing is like I think I've never given it any money. And the like the fact that and like the way to get money is you get extra lives for more like chances to play the puzzle again. But then if you just like wait an hour, you regenerate lives. Which I was like is almost like a feature, not a bug, because I'm like I just want it for five, ten minutes at a time. If I could play it forever, like I don't want that to cut into my real gaming time. I just want it for about five minutes when I'm on the bus, and then when I want to play it again, it'll be on my commute home, and all my lives will be back. So sometimes there's like, you know, <clears throat> if, if a free game is not like obnoxious about its 
premiumizedness. This one is totally not obnoxious. There's yeah. no like watch a commercial to get extra money. There's no yeah. like ads to load up or to close. There's no What's ads it called? scrolling along the bottom. The one I'm playing? Yeah. 80s Mania Wrestling Returns. 80s Mania Wrestling Returns. The sequel's it's basically, it's basically like DLC stuff. Like go to the menu where you would buy a new wrestler and it'd be like, if you need more cash, you can buy it. I'm like, well, but it's not obtrusive. It's just yeah. a menu you would have to go to, to 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 spend real money. But it's not out there in the play of the game. Yeah. Uh, this leads me to think about other wrestling games like No Mercy. Remember No Mercy? Remember how good No Mercy was? If, if, if this tie-in does not have anything to do with... AEW? Uh, AEW and Def Jam Fight for New York. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know did, what. Did you, did you watch the press release? That they were all Steve Jobs? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> so AEW has started their uh, games division with their, you know, wrestling programs have games. That's big history for like the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. Also, I would say a lot of people have been kind of looking forward to this because uh, one of the very, the, the, like Kenny Omega, who's in an executive role, is also like a borderline professional gamer. Like, like in, like he's entered actual like Street Fighter tournaments and stuff. Like, not a, he's not not winning them, but like he can play Street Fighter at a professional level, you know, like like with with e gamers and stuff. So like everybody was like, well, there's obviously going to be an AEW game when you have like one of your core founders is not just like a gamer for fun, like he's a, a serious like hardcore gamer. So everyone was kind of been waiting, and I mean the company's only been around for like a year and a half or two years now, I guess, uh, but. It was just like a matter of time. Every, and everybody has a lot of, unnecessarily. You have someone who's going to be important in terms of dealing with input and feedback that's not like Triple H who doesn't understand what it yeah. is. Like you have someone on your executive team who, like everybody wants a video game and you have someone on your executive team who has it like. Gets it. Interested in making a good one. <laughs> you know, like instead of just like, I, instead of just making a revenue stream. It'd be like, yeah, I want like, to make a good video game, please. So he hired the game director. The AEW hired the game director of one of the guys who made one of the all-time best wrestling video games in the early aughts. Yes, No, no Mercy. Mercy. Yeah, yeah, No Mercy was 2000, 2001 on uh, N64. Everyone loved it. Everyone thought held this one up above other wrestling games. So they and, and, and it also became the foundation of Def Jam Fight for New York. Right, which is, is my all-time favorite fighting game. <laughs> <laughs> so the, a bunch of the Montreal comedians uh, have a uh, have a wrestling chat that is just perpetually has been perpetually active since since COVID because a lot of when uh, whenever there's a pay per view, whenever something like on Raw, whatever, I have to mute it usually on Mondays because it just becomes like ten people just talking about what what is happening on Raw. But at the same time, I don't need to read like Raw reviews anymore. <laughs> Yep. I could just like scroll through whatever they were texting about, and they were we were all getting getting pretty hyped about the like there was like two or three of us have played Def Jam Fight for New York, <laughs> and we were just like started like quoting. And we were like, "You think you could freestyle with Blitz?" And then uh, yeah. Tyler, uh, Lemko, Crooked yeah. Letter, Crooked Letter, <laughs> so good. Tyler Lemko uh, of of Epic Neil Time fame was like, "I actually have freestyled with Blitz." <laughs> 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 just, just dying. I was like, "Damn it!" I was like, "My copy of Def Jam is up at the cottage." Otherwise, I was about to make a like a Tyler Lemko 
like create a fighter and make him beat up Bliss. Wait, that just makes me wonder what else Tyler Lumco has done that they talked about in Fight for New York. Like, did he ever rip someone's tongue out? I'm going to rip your tongue out and lick my ass with it. I never understood that as a threat. It's very violent, but then strange. <laughs> it's it's off-putting. It does not put you in a mood to fight. You're like, oh, I'm going to rip your tongue out, which I like. I kind of get in the world of like competitive rapping, right? Because it's like, it's like a, I'm Trash talking is a factor. Yeah. Trash talking is a factor. And like also, you're also, they're all rappers, right? So it's like, I'm removing your ability to even rap. And then you're like, but now what are you going to do with that tongue? I'm going to lick my ass with it. You're like, oh, what? No. <laughs> That's weird. A weird, like, bloody stump tongue. Just, is that your toilet paper? When you yeah. go over to your house, is there just, like, a little box of tongues that you have at the ready? It's, is it Redman? Yeah, it's yeah. Redman. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> like, that cast, the cast of that game is bananas. Unbelievable. Uh, I can't believe, like, they never doubled down on it later. And it's still, it was a licensing like, issue, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's well, they, Def they, Jam. They, like, they were the ones who owned the licensing. They made two fighting games on the PS3, uh, like Def Jam games, but they weren't like Fight for New York, and they were weird. Yeah. <laughs> they, they had, like, some cool... Um, like, you had, like, your, your super meter was sort of, uh, like, you could, like, scratch the record, like, using, like, rotating the thumbsticks. On it, so be like, so you can like kind of like combo to be like bop bop bop, rip, 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 and like rewind yourself, but the guy stays in the air, and then like hit him some more, and then like you could like scratch forward like in the fight to like a bigger punch and stuff. So it's like just it had a mechanic, like, but you already had the great game. Yeah, exactly. And it was also it was it was much more of like a, a normal kind of beat em up style thing. Like it, it wasn't necessarily the like the free roaming, a lot of weapons and, and weird stuff. Right. But yeah, man, I really and I but I really hope they they lean into the weirdness. Like everyone is uh for the AEW game, they're like, if Stadium Stampede is not a mode, what are we even doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if you can't have a weird stadium stampede, they were like if if Matt Hardy can't shift in like, the waters of change. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You're like, oh if you knock not uh if you knock uh Matt Hardy into a body of water that may or may not be full of the lake of reincarnation water. He may come out as another gimmick. Like there's all kinds of very video game ripe things that they've done in characters. They're like, they're like, how hard is it to make uh, was like one of the comments is they were just sort of like, how much of like how easy it is to take that engine and at least just like put in some sort of a, a low key skateboarding engine for Darby Allen. <laughs> Where you're just like Darby Allen on a skateboard and it's like going around right, right. or there'd be the elite championship it was just a gator golf round <laughs> exactly no reason. now i need to play mini putt what is happening <laughs> there's a video game like that out now like yakuza oh yeah the yakuza uh, rise of whatever it's like yeah yeah that commercial was like what the fuck did i just watch pause it, try to find the commercial again because it was on some other video app I was watching. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you load the commercial again? It would, wouldn't do it. Yeah. So it's like a, a, a mafia kind of game. Yeah, it's a big series. Like The Yakuza series, is. I played one of them. They're, they're really good. Right, but 
Yakuza like basically, a dragon. That's it. But it's basically a bunch of other games mixed in. So like, what if Grand Theft Auto was also Mario Kart and Dance Dance Revolution and SingStar? And it's so weird. Like, in order to get into the 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 bar where the boss leader is, you have to you get roped into doing a karaoke performance. So you have to actually sing. Sing star style for one level. Mm-hmm. It looked amazing. Yeah, turn based combat, four person battle team, characters, like all the weird stuff, like new game plus mode. Yeah, yeah, I think this is the one. It's, it reminded me of Final Fantasy 3, where all of a sudden in the middle of the game you had to memorize an opera. <laughs> just like, okay. Oh, what was that it? game for the Wii where it was like just a series of crazy ass mini games, one after the other? That... Mario. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that, but like a little more intense. But like in the frame of like a Grand Theft Audio yeah. Tokyo kind of thing. It looked batshit crazy and lots and lots of fun. So yeah, <laughs> things things that happen in the game. So there's, there's there's a full arcade or whatever, which have like uh, like full games in the arcade. Like a full playable version of like Virtual Fighter 2 is just in there. And like OutRun. And stuff. It's just in the game. Yep. Uh, there's Can Quest. You ride a bike around a homeless area, collecting cans while trying to avoid rival collectors. <laughs> That's... Unless, of course, you have an energy drink, in which case you can ram into them and steal their cans. Uh, the Seagull Cinema. Um, so the old, the small art house cinema is vintage films or whatever. Uh, what? That's it. You can't really miss it. You'll have to complete. You fight back against the the sheep to try to stay awake to get through a film because you're watching like a boring movie and a sheep keeps attacking you. <laughs> uh, you could just you could just play shogi, just like it's totally there. You just you find a homeless guy uh, set up north in a homeless camp. We'll challenge you to a game, and you can play rank matches and puzzles and stuff. Just sit uh, there. Hostess cabaret clubs. Obviously, there's karaoke. There's slot machines. There's mahjong. What else is there? What is this? You could take a series of vocational tests. What is this madness called? It's it's Yakuza like a dragon. I swear of to God. course. You can play darts, you can go to golf, and there's like a full golf game, like with like a back like backswing or whatever. You're just like, now I'm playing golf. Go to the batting cages. Playing Tiger Woods PGA Tour twenty seventeen, right? Like a surprisingly decent Mario Kart clone is in this game as well. <laughs> uh manage your own business, gambling. You got to take a minute and check out this trailer because it was outstandingly weird. And Send me the link. I I will. It was it was great. It's coming. Meanwhile, I'm still playing Binding of Isaac like a child. I really want to start playing, uh, and I have no nothing to say on this other than perhaps a, a teaser for later episodes. I just downloaded. It was the free game of October on PlayStation Plus. Uh, Vampire. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, the trailer for it? Um, the trailer for it kind of sold me because it basically looked like uh, vampires and Peaky Blinders, which I was like sold. But I think the plot <laughs> is you're actually a um, you're like a doctor who gets the the vampireness, and then you're what? sort of like tr- trying to balance being a, an old timey doctor. Somebody was telling us about this, possibly yeah. on the podcast. Why do I feel like that happened? And they said it was, like, amazingly fun. And, like, if you kill too many people, then the vampire hunters come after you. Um, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Adam Keithmas? Damn. I'm sure I heard about this. Yeah, no, it, it, it 
came out a little while ago, but it was uh, it was the free one of the free October games, also free on October PlayStation Plus. And this is just a shout out: if you're a subscriber to PlayStation Plus, you should definitely get it. Is the Void Heart edition of Hollow Knight, which is amazing. <clears throat> Hot damn, that game is sweet. I just I'm eagerly, eagerly, eagerly waiting for Silk Song. Isn't Bloodlines two out? Bloodlines two, the Vampire yeah, the Va- Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines two. Isn't it? I think so. Oh no, 2021. It's not out yet. Crazy. The game. Oh yeah, because Bloodlines got like the second life, right? Like through. I mean, there was a patch a year ago for a game that was released in 2002. It's just just fan patches and including Troika devs, who I think leaked some of the source code to help the the modding community make it work. Magnificent game. If you uh, if you if you're into that sort of thing. They're doing that. <clears throat> they do that stuff with Binding of Isaac all the time, which is like crazy. Like he did, um, so Afterbirth, he did Afterbirth, like Edward Gillen did Afterbirth, and they did Afterbirth Plus, which was just like uh, like packs of like officially balanced packs of like the best stuff that the modding community was bringing out. So it'd be like, your mod is super cool. And like, and like I, I was looking through some of the, the, the notes and stuff of it, where some of it is like, yeah, it's different like powers and abilities and items and stuff. But then some people were like, oh, I redid the sprites, like better Harbinger sprites. And he was like, that's cool. Can I put it in the official game? And obviously modders were like, mostly sure. Or maybe there was some kind of a little financial transaction here and there. And then like, yeah, imagine you redesign the sprites for your favorite bosses. And then McMillan's like, hey, do you want this to be in the game? And then you're like, Yes, please. Pretty awesome. And then you you get the whole thing. And then he's looking at that for uh, for repentance, or not looking at that. It's happened for repentance. He's given a bunch of the 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 most active like modder guys like full on jobs, and they're like they're deving the the final mm-hmm. iteration of the game with him because he's like, you know the code, you know the game, you know everything. Like you're a fan already. Like think about like the the how much easier the hiring process must be. Like instead of being like I need to onboard you with the game you've been doing it already and you just like can hit the ground running like immediately very cool i think to to go about that approach i don't know yeah. if other games work that way <laughs> like if you mod a game enough you get a job of course it's better than what the ubisoft model is so apparently that was actually not a, not a like a publicity stunt supposedly that was a, that was somebody swatting them yep Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Probably? I don't know. I feel like there's no way they could get away with that and not be sued into oblivion by the SPVM. I literally have a new Watch Dogs game coming out where you can swat people <laughs> in the game. Okay, no, no, game. no, 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 no. There's, like, real-world consequences to that kind of shit, unless the, unless the SPVM was in on it, and I cannot imagine that... Well, I doubt the SPVM would be in on it, because the CBC was reporting it real or whatever. Like, even just the CBC journalist yeah. would... would Subsequently, so, well, what are we talking about here? Yesterday, there was a, a hostage situation, quote unquote, at the Ubisoft building. They evacuated the Ubisoft building, and then it turns out that it was either uh, a, a fake call or, a, you yeah, know, some, some people were saying an advertising thing, but I really don't think so. I think the the like, there's no way the police would agree to do that. What a waste of their time and money and uh, yeah, the cops would absolutely. It's it's. I mean, I don't think that Ubisoft officially sanctioned it or whatever. And I think that especially with the the, the popularity, air quotes, of, of swatting, which uh, if we're throwing around this term, if you haven't heard of, it's essentially pranking in a SWAT team call. Right? A kid died from that. 
Yeah. yeah like it doesn't, it's not pranking. Yeah. Well, I, not all pranks are good pranks and whatever, but that, but it's, it's like, a, it's a genuine okay. practice, right? Like, like that's, you can look it up and see these things go horribly wrong. They're dangerous. It's stupid as shit, but, but you can also just see like a dumb fan. Like it's the Ubisoft studios. Like how many idiot fans are there of video games in general that like, it just takes one of them to be real stupid like, I don't know, man. There's no way you can do that and not get caught. I'm sure, though. Yeah. They would so, catch the, the I, you know. Hopefully. Hopefully we get to catch the person and it turns out to be, like, he gets proper repercussions for being a big stupid. Like, can you imagine? Like, especially, especially if you're just, if someone in that studio or whatever has been in some kind of, like, an active shooter situation or before, like, the trauma that you're inflicting just by being a jackass and calling in a threat. You don't like, think anyone who's graduated from Dawson might have a job? At, yeah, exactly. Like, like that, that's, that, that, that's not an, uh, an impossible scenario that an employee of Ubisoft was a Dawson graduate who was, like, in the oh, shooting. Wow. So the, the Reddit thread had this suggestion that maybe it was, um, like, a really complicated theft type of thing. Either they wanted to steal equipment from Ubisoft or they knew somebody at Ubi who had bitcoins on their hard drive. Oh. And you show up and you jack it, and then you, you yeah. So you're saying like in, in the in the like the resulting chaos confusion or whatever yeah. you 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 offload. Yeah. Again, that sounds like watchdogs. What you're describing. I mean, that may be the case, but it, it is like I mean I I would think it's absurd to think that it is actually any kind of an advertising plan or hoax or whatever. Yeah. But it is it is crazy that they're in the middle of a marketing push for watchdogs, which is the run around parkour hacker game where like i if i'm not mistaken like swatting is something you do in the game <laughs> like uh, as like ca- calling yeah. calling in fake bomb threats here to like but get the police office there to like maneuver out and then like hack the stoplight so that the cops can't get to it and do like whatever that's like how watchdogs plays out so <laughs> it is that's why i said it, it could just so be they, a really, they, really they, dumb overzealous fan. they spelled it out in the game on how to do it and yeah, I'm really much. mad that someone did it. I love it. It's great. But no, don't do it. How on earth did you even figure out this was a thing oh, that was readily available in our upcoming video game? <laughs> Gnarly. Was there any other Montreal news? It got really hot, then it got really cold. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not Montreal news, but Apple Computers had a big old problem this week. Did you guys hear anything about that? No. No. Okay, so a lot of people's Apple Computers started to slow down on Friday. Maybe it was Thursday. Towards the end of the week. Slow, slow, slow. Nobody could figure out what was going on until somebody realized that Apple has a server that receives uh, a log every time you run an application on your Apple computer. So the IP address where you are the pro- the process that you're that you're running the name of your whatever so they get a full log of that and ordinarily what happens when that server is down is that it or you're not connected to the internet it keeps that log on your computer and only sends it later however there was a problem with the server that slowed it down and then didn't trip off the okay allow applications to run without receiving the okay from this computer so all the people who for many years have said that Apple has been good about respecting your privacy and not keeping logs of your whatever suddenly discovered that their computers have been phoning home literally everything you do all the time, every day, over and over and over again. Fine. That's fun. Isn't it? 
what's what's been the pushback? Well, it's it's still blowing up. People are still kind of getting into it. The other big Apple news is that they released this week a uh, like a processor on a chip which is more powerful than similar um, Intel computers. And people are realizing, and, and it's designed in-house. It's the first in-house design chip from Apple in years and years and years. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, this is like breaking, breaking ass news. The, the fallout is, is coming pretty quick. Nice. Yeah, at the it. same time, Android. So they, people, researchers turned, logged into a Google account, put on airplane mode, Put on, turned off Wi-Fi, put the phone down, and then left it connected to a thing that tracks all the data that comes out of it and found that Google, no matter what you do, is sending a couple hundred megabytes of, of like application data back every month. <laughs> so like without a SIM card also? or I don't know about the SIM card. I think they had a SIM card in there. Like you have to actually okay. have an account, like a data account for it to go through. But yeah. like if you have limited amounts of bandwidth, man, 400 or five, I think it was 450 megs a month is what they calculated it out to. That could, that could be a not trivial chunk of your two gigs a month or whatever, or, or yep. six, you know? Yeah. Fuck. The, the panopticon is real. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's oh. the, that's the. No, Meanwhile, I don't like the, I don't like the implications of that. Yeah. No, it's it's weird. It's it's one of it's that's like, a lot of data. It is. That's a lot of data. Like that's not just a log. It's four hundred megs of of data. Right. Is. So a lot you, of information. you want the details. It's not, it's not just a log. What they do is that they preload stuff that they think is going to be used by your phone. Yeah. So. But some of that is ads, and then people are thinking to themselves: Is Google billing? companies for the ads that get preloaded onto your phone like imagine you buy an advertisement from google and they say oh well we served this ad to x number of clients and what had actually happened is that it had been preloaded on the phone mm-hmm. yeah so you paid for it and and they, they paid for it did they see the it? company paid for it and the user paid for it yeah and google double dips on both yeah for sure That's it's one of the things awesome. where like, like we I've, i guess like that's, that makes me think of like you two getting their album preloaded and everyone losing their minds. This yeah. is like that. So the funny thing about that was though, I actually kind of imagined that that was an Apple executive thinking they were doing something awesome. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That was that. You two thought that was awesome. Just like, Hey, here's your free record. You get it. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. You turn on your phone and you, you turn on your iPod and you get it. Yeah. It's weird. Well, I mean, like, I, this I mean, is I, different. This is like, hey, we're not going to tell you what's happening. We're just going to preload your phone and do it. Yeah. Stuff that you don't even know is there. Well, we're it, it, all it, the time. Like, I, we, we've almost definitely talked about this in the 222 ep- issue episode history of it. But the reverse of it, right, was the uh, the Brave New World thing, where people who had purchased digital copies of Brave New World woke up one yes. morning and it was gone. Yeah. Off of their phone. Oh, because, we lost the license. Yeah, because yeah. Of the because of the weird like. Well, it was it was. It turned out that it was sold under an illegally obtained license or a license that the uh, that the that the family that that's Huxley, right? Yeah, like the, the Huxley, Huxley estate did not actually sign off on it the in the same way. So it was it wasn't necessarily that the license expired. It was mm-hmm. that the license that was obtained was like illegally obtained. And this was like at a very, or not illegally obtained, but, or was revoked or whatever the heck it was. Did you know Aldous Huxley, as he was dying, I never met him. dropped five hits of acid on the way out? That's the yeah. way I want to go. Like, if you're going to go, you know. Why? Go down. <laughs> huh? 
Yeah, I mean, I would not also, I, we have no proof of this, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I feel that Gilliam might have pulled something. Not Gilliam. I mean, Crashes. Gilliam might. Yeah. Gilliam might. I mean, I just been on five hits of acid a day. Who knows? But <laughs> <laughs> Pratchett, though, like I feel that Pratchett may very well have done something similar. Like I wonder. dying, dying quietly in his house when he was a big supporter of whatever. Man, get high. For some reason, I kind of imagine that he was one of the like I want to experience it. Maybe native or like you know naturally kind of like, guys. I feel only you'll only get one chance to have a this experience. Like, yeah. Rattle. I like I don't I don't I don't think I read enough of his books. Like I never got into the Discworld series to say that I really get him as a person, but I you know, I kinda suspect it. He made a documentary that was really kinda nice yeah. that his husband refused to participate in. Which mm-hmm. which is also like a dark side to that story. Yeah. Well, I mean it's to get real grim there, it's the, the the person that loves you the most on the world probably doesn't want you to die, even if you want to die. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's that's a real, real sticky situation, right? Like, how do you, that person is has a vested interest in keeping you alive. But <laughs> is it you? It, it's not you, but I'm just saying, but like, but you can see how that would be an argument in a relationship. <laughs> like, I'm ready to die now. I'm not ready to let you go. <laughs> like, those are, it's a, would, a conversation I hope I never have to have. Like, yeah. I hope, those, I hope those decisions are taken care of by fate or otherwise. So that was cannibal just, gangs in the post-apocalyptic wasteland were. Oh, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't mean, or like, it just, it makes sense for me to eat her. You know, like if I'm in the cannibal gang and like. She doesn't have any meat on her. You ain't going to get much out of that. True. Yeah, There's that's, always a, that's, that's a broth. Yeah. <laughs> Got a nice little bone broth going. You got a stew going. Yeah, exactly. Who I like, and that, that I mean, like I Sarah has been preparing me for our entire relationship. Uh, that if there is some kind of apocalypse, she will immediately kill herself. <laughs> so she said. She said that like on our first many times. Second. I think I've heard that out of her mouth. Yeah, like I'm pretty like again. I, I think I've mentioned before on the show. Like our first date was the strangers. Uh, the the home invasion film with uh, with mm-hmm. Nev Campbell and I'm pretty sure like so because it's our first date we go see the strangers and like coming out of it she's like if that happened to me I'd kill myself she's like I wouldn't let them get me she's like if they capture me they're gonna torture me so I'm just not gonna like put myself through it I was like what I was like you have a bunch of like crazy home invaders and your plan is just like bang just kill yourself she's like yeah pretty much and that was like our first date and she's just done nothing but reinforce that idea like zombie apocalypse like. Um, you know, Mad Max style. Isn't she Christian? Isn't that a big no-no? I don't know. Didn't the, I feel the new Pope might have said it's okay if you're sad. If you're sad? <laughs> no, if you're sad, it's okay. If you're sad, it's not so bad. If you're very, very sad. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that is one of the things that they, they at least uh, like... I know the hard and fast rules are that, like if you commit suicide, you're you don't get to go to heaven. It's a sin or whatever else. I think you but, go to hell. Wasn't that one of the levels in, in Dante's Inferno? The suiciders. Pretty sure. Yeah. But I feel that that is something that in modern times, I think, in light of like mental health uh, awareness and stuff, it gets gets real real tough when you're uh, when you're. Hey, this is the Catholic motherfucking church. They don't just throw these rules out. In modern times. They literally said that gay marriage was okay. The Pope. The Pope said that, like, within the last year or two. If they can walk back gay marriage, I'm pretty sure they can let depressed people kill themselves without going to hell. 
So what about the people who were depressed who killed themselves like 20 years ago? Are they oh, that's too bad for them, man. They had an old school pope. <laughs> they're, they're, screwed. <laughs> they're in hell. Uh, I, I guess I don't know if this is uh, something that's hard and fast, but I, I, I really feel that that was one of the, one of the things that, if not this pope, a previous pope, said that it is not automatic. That All right, someone... well, this this is why we don't listen to Jehovah's Witnesses on things that the Pope has said. What does the Church teach about suicide? So, <laughs> from the Church's perspective, those issues involve a balance between recognizing, on the one hand, the gravity of the situation, the, the feelings, blah, 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 hold on, where is it? Self-murder, simple as simple as that, fact correlates one of the political myth, you're not allowed. Uh-uh. It's an act, it's a choice, it's something you choose. You can't choose mm-hmm. this kind of evil. Well, too bad. Yeah. Mercy of the Lord. The Pope speaks out so, of the mercy of the Lord and says it's unto me. I don't know. So speaking of uh, deaths, uh, we lost a couple of celebrities that are pretty notable this week. Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek and Sean Connery. Oh, yeah, Sean Connery. That's like I, think we, I thought we talked about that last week. Yeah, I think we talked about Connery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trebek, we, mm. Trebek, I want to say, he made it cool to be smart on TV. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was never like looking down on people. He kind of built up a lot of trivia nerds to be stars. And oh, like, was he a trivia nerd? nerd? Cause he always acted like he knew the answer, but I'm like, you have the cards. Trebek. He did a lot of game show hosting before uh, Jeopardy too, right? Like that was his whole gig for many years. Yep. Yeah. But, but I always love it. He's a sort and of like sports a- and sports hosting. Yeah, he was almost one of the guys on Hockey Night in Canada. Like he, he I guess, I guess his last non-Jeopardy notable thing was he made the draft pick for the Ottawa Senators in this year's draft. Yeah, that thing was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they they did it all. All the entire NHL draft was done remote, right? So they could do this whole like as long as they had like Trebek was like queued up waiting and was like <laughs> like you know like I'm the general manager of the uh, the Ottawa Senators and to announce our pick. Alex Trebek, and then it's like cut the feed over to being like, "Hi, I'm Alex Trebek." The in the Jeopardy Studios. That's fun. And, and yeah. he went, "The answer is the Ottawa Senators' number three overall draft pick." Yeah. Who is? And he announced their pick, and it was like, "Ah, oh, you did the thing. Yeah. It's great." Yeah. Excellent. I think they, we knew he was sick for a long time, though, right? He had pancreatic cancer, one of the bad ones that yeah, that you knew was not. Yeah. yeah he had not. Right. He had not hit his diagnosis. He he came out on the show. And, yeah released a, a press release and said he was going to fight it. He wasn't going to give up, but he wanted everyone to know that this was coming. Yeah. Then kept, kept working though. Right. Yep. Like, like that's they, a... he's got shows in the can that will air until Christmas, four days a week until the end of December. <laughs> that's yep. spooky. Did, have they made any announcement? Does that, does, is Jeopardy then over? Or... No, that's the amazing thing. Now everyone is talking about who is going to replace him. So, like, people are saying Ken Jennings is the front runner. Mm-hmm. Someone on the internet said, hey, how about LeVar Burton? And I was like, oh, that's just delightful. That's, that's great. I'm into uh, that. Yeah. Uh, then there were some awful that, ones. To, like, me, to me, bringing in LeVar Burton is just making the reality of a Reading Rainbow reboot further and further away. He, <laughs> yeah, but he you're tried, much more likely to watch. He tried during March to, to get a Reading Rainbow yeah, he reboot, tried to- but... But the uh, licensing was kept away from him. He wasn't able to, to get it going. Which is weird. Wasn't it a PBS show? <laughs> yeah. I mean, people created the show and they hired LeVar Burton. He doesn't own it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, someone said... There's a college humor video about that. 
with LeVar Burton where he's like, I can't do anything. He's like, actually anything. And then it's like, <laughs> like, like flying through. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, one of the people, the names floating around was uh, Steve Harvey, the guy from the family feud. I was like, no. Nope. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, but also like Steve Harvey of, I said the wrong winner of the Miss America. Like you can't have the guy who like botched the answer to the winner of the Miss America contest, like being the like, uh, the guy being like, I'm sorry, no, the answer is Georgia or whatever, you know, being like, yeah, every contestant would be like, are you sure? Do you want to read the card again? Steve? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I hate that. He's good on the family feud because he gets to be a, a Muppet. His yeah, whole job is to look surprised when somebody says some canned, vaguely dirty connotation. That they totally set them up for. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, no, I didn't like that. Yeah. No, the, the LeVar Burton one was the one I latched onto. I was like, I, I could see that, and that would be that would be pleasant in a time yeah. of general unpleasantness. Yeah, I could get behind LeVar Burton hosting. hosting the yeah. Someone else said, like, Pat C. Jack was in the mix. I'm like, why? Yeah, no, there's no need for that. <laughs> <laughs> But a Jeopardy is the is the show, right? Like, what does yeah, that mean? If you think most you famous thing a, television for sure, uh, no, Wheel of Fortune. Right? I would say Jeopardy is more famous than Wheel of Fortune. Like, they're, they're Price is Right is the only one that contends. And yeah. if you go Alex yeah. Trebek and Bob Barker as the greatest hosts, and you're like, uh, yeah, you can no, make a, a, I would a say Jeopardy, like, and I'm not being like. Wheel of Fortune is a distant memory or whatever. Like, I mean, it's it's way the hell up there, but I feel that Jeopardy is the clear front runner for like the, if you were to just say like game show on television as a clue in like charades or whatever, like I feel that Jeopardy would be your, to play Family Feud, <laughs> right? We asked 100 people to say their favorite game show on television. Like Jeopardy is number one on the top of the Family Feud list. Right. The only one I can think is an argument is Price is Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think Price is Right is probably bigger. And has it been around longer? Almost certainly. Yeah. Price yeah, is Right's yeah. been around for fucking ever. Yeah. But now it's that weird Drew Carey one. Yeah. He's a great cast for it. it is better, better Drew Carey than Louis Anderson, who had it for a little while. Yeah. Louis Anderson also had Family Feud for a while. Also terrible. Oh, yeah. Not great. Uh, I think this was the 9 to 5 Entertainment System, everybody. We did the thing. We did the thing. I'm going to uh, stick around for uh, Garbage Time, where I'm going to give Scott and John the ultimate 80s video games quiz. That's what's going to happen on the Garbage Time. That sounds great. It's a filler, man. It's garbage time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. 
If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us. John? If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.